0: With that beautiful music still ringing in our ears, we come now to the Holy Gospel from the Gospel of Matthew. In the first chapter, the reading begins in the 18th verse. As you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold... Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we come to this wonderful word on this night of wonder, I invite you, dear friends, to wonder with me. I wonder, which among you, among us, when you open a present that maybe some of you will tonight or perhaps tomorrow, that requires assembly, or maybe some Instructions to understand just how well it should work and what it should precisely do. How many of us dig into it without opening those instructions and just go for it, figure it out ourselves? And how many of us here, I wonder, carefully read the table of contents and then go through and Study each section long before you take off that saran wrap and dig in. I can tell you what kind of person I am. I'm the kind of person that thanks God that there's someone in my family that's reading the instructions while I'm digging it. And they usually save me from, you know, breaking it. Or discovering more about it. The good news, though, as we consider the gift that we receive at Christmas, this beautiful gift from our Lord. We can't break this gift. Now, it's true though, when we look around and we see in our neighborhood and the world around us that many are enjoying Christmas, even some who aren't yet believers. I mean, we're enjoying movies and mochas, And lights and luminaries. But the good news is that this blessing is so overflowing, it's fun to share it with others. In fact, you even hear on the radio or uh, any media uh, device that you open that this is the season of generosity, of heart to serve others. Isn't that beautiful that the Christian message is impacting others like that? After all, as we think about how the message of Christ has moved throughout the world, when it has moved, it's often brought with it the church building hospitals or orphanages or schools and even schools of higher education and caring for the poor and those in need. That the overflow of this gift from God is abundant. In fact, this kind of kindness and love, these beautiful lights, are even commanded in Scripture as our way of life. Our way of life. It's why we talk about being blessed to be a blessing tonight. But interestingly enough, as we read these instructions, as we've heard them in Matthew chapter 1 tonight, it's not the central message, that Christ has come to bring. I echo a pastor I admire who wrote a book, Hidden Christmas. Talks about being glad to share this holy day with the whole society, even those who don't believe. But fear that some of us might be missing out on the central feature, skipping over the directions and missing out on something beautiful, the most beautiful gift that comes to us this Christmas. And so as we unwrap this gift tonight, we won't skip the directions. We're going to listen carefully this Christmas Eve and discover what C.S. Lewis, the famed author of the Chronicles of Narnia, called the central event in the history of the earth. The central event in the history of the earth. That God has come to be with us, incarnate, in the flesh, with us. And he comes for a reason. He's come to be with us. And when we get this, we get everything, as one scholar Packer put it. Matthew tells this story and he frames it for us beautifully. By quoting the Old Testament. The Old Testament is what Christians call the the Jewish scriptures. And he quotes 11 times in his gospel. Prophets of old. Like the prophet Isaiah. And in giving us these quotes, he points to us what this message is all about. And who it's all about. One scholar calls it a sort of manifesto to show us that Jesus really is the the Messiah. He lets us know that he comes for a reason. He comes, as we read in verse 18, that word, the birth of Jesus is the Genesis in Greek, pointing back to the Old Testament again. To let us know that this birth of Jesus is a new beginning for us in the world. Letting us know that Jesus was there at the first beginning. And he has come. Wearing, as Matthew and one scholar will put, describe Matthew, wearing Old Testament clothing to point us to the truth. And in fulfilling these prophecies, I like how investigative reporter a former investigative reporter from the Chicago Tribune and skeptic and atheist uh, once, Lee Strobel, who then came to Christ after investigating this testimony, said that these fulfillments are a sort of fingerprint testimony, a fingerprint identity to show us that this Jesus of Nazareth is the true Messiah and no one else could be. And so as we hear this testify, this new beginning for us tonight, we discover that God has come to be with us. And he gives us this perspective this evening in the Gospel of Matthew from the perspective of Joseph. Last week, if you were with us in worship, we got the perspective in Luke from Mary. Tonight, we'll hear from Joseph eyes, And Joseph, it's interesting if you heard this evening, he didn't believe. He was not a believer at first. He didn't believe what Mary had told him. He didn't believe that this was a gift from the Holy Spirit. He acted with righteousness. And how did he act with righteousness? Another hint for what the Messiah will do, with mercy. But, He didn't first believe, isn't it comforting to know that God's great plan will not be thwarted if we stumble, if we have unbelief. He will keep coming after us as he did with Joseph and he will keep bringing this good news to you as he did with Joseph. And in a dream, he brought this message to Joseph through the angel. To lead him to belief. It's also no coincidence that it's Joseph. Joseph here in the New Testament. Betrothed to Mary. Betrothal was a stage of marriage in the first century. Among the Jews then. In this committed relationship. He learned about this promise of the Holy Spirit. In a dream, not unlike in God's great, great wisdom to bring these stories together, another Joseph in the Old Testament who God spoke words to save the people of Egypt through a dream. And God would work through that Joseph later to act with mercy with his brothers who didn't deserve it, but he offered it freely out of love, just like this Joseph would act in mercy and righteousness. And then what would this Joseph do? If you read the scriptures, you might be surprised to know that we have no recorded words of Joseph. He says nothing recorded in the scriptures. He's sometimes called the silent saint. But he takes action. He takes action. I like how one scholar looking at Joseph called him the blessed Paralambano. That's the word for take in these first two chapters of Matthew in Greek. Over and over again, Joseph's name and taking something are connected. Joseph takes Mary as his wife. Joseph Takes Jesus as his son, we know that in participating in saying that this is his name, it was a way that husbands would affirm the paternity and say, this child is mine. His name is Jesus. It is something that Joseph did. He took action. He took his family to Egypt when they were threatened by Herod. Again, not unlike another Joseph who spent some time in Egypt. And he would take them back to Israel. This blessed Paralambano would take action in response. He moved from unbelief to belief. And God would work through him. Now I know that this is not what we learn in the movies. It's about how to give at Christmas, right? But I want you to think about something tonight. In light of the witness of Joseph... What will you take this Christmas? You see, God has come to give us this great gift. He's come to be with us. And Joseph realized he wasn't in control, but God was. And so he became the silent servant that would take this gift and move into action. In Genesis, the Old Testament joseph god would use him to save his people in egypt and then stepped aside as the line of salvation would come through his brother judah this joseph who never has a recorded word would humbly take action and point us to what the angels proclaimed jesus and so tonight friends what will you take this christmas will you receive this gift like joseph and the verses that follow the central purpose of what Jesus has come to do becomes clear. With that fingerprint of prophecies being revealed, those fingerprint of prophecies, of prophecies that came at least 700 years, many of them before Christ. And what is that central message? What well, we see as you read the text, that word that we heard tonight sung for us, Emmanuel, God with us. That prophecy from Isaiah now being revealed right here at the birth of Christ. And as you read it, you'll be introduced to Jesus and then Emmanuel and then Jesus again. And when the scriptures do that, it's called the chiastic structure and it's Jesus pointing to Emmanuel and Emmanuel pointing to Jesus. And so Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Who's come to save us? And how will he do that? By being with us. Jesus' name means God saves his people. Yahweh saves. And he does that as Emmanuel. God with us. This is the central primary mission that God has come to do to reconcile us with God. If you've ever been unreconciled with someone, you now Know how hard reconciliation can be. God comes himself to be with us, to be reconciled with him, to deal with our sin and to forgive us with his mercy. There's no greater gift than having peace in our hearts with God. And so tonight, God comes to make a new beginning, to bring healing. Let me give you an example. As we think about all of the ways that God calls us in his kindness and his joy to share this love in the world, we think about caring for those in need, certainly. As we hear in the story by Edna Hong, A Bright Valley of Love, And there she tells the story of Gunther. And Gunther began to see some of these extra beautiful gifts that come from the Christian message that come at Christmas, these gifts of generosity and love. He was a child that had been abandoned. He was impaired physically and rejected cruelly. He knew what it meant that the world would have darkness in it. And so when he, at the Bethel house, a a Lutheran Christian home that welcomed him in, he wondered why the children among him could have so much joy at this season that they began to celebrate his first Christmas. And he questioned whether it was all really true. And he questioned, didn't they know that there's a crack in everything in this world? that it's broken and dark, he'd experienced it himself. And the children tried to explain it to him with the beautiful songs that they would sing or the sweet treats and wonderful joys at Christmas, but none of them seemed to really capture or get at the central heart of it. And he wondered, could this all be true? Could there really be joy in this broken world? Then Pastor Fritz finally answers his question there at the Bethel house. He said this, it's true, Gunther. There is a crack in everything. In fact, God sees that crack better than we do. That crack is even much worse than we think it is. But that's why God sent his son to be with us to come down from his heavenly home to our earthly home, not just to patch the crack, but to make everything new, a new Genesis, a new beginning. And That's why he said to Gunther, Christmas is so great. God comes to us tonight, as he did to Gunther, in the midst of a world that's cracked and has darkness, and he shines his light into the darkness, and the darkness cannot and can never overcome it. God comes for the unworthy, the broken, and he calls us beautiful. He comes to those who doubt like Joseph, and he leads us from doubt and unbelief to belief by showing the fingerprint of his prophecy and truth before us. God comes to us in the real world that we live in. He comes to middle schoolers who feel alone. He comes to single moms who, maybe especially this week, feel like they had to do it all. He comes to grandparents who are taking care of their grandkids. He comes to skeptics and doubters with questions. He comes to those tonight who are wondering about their purpose. And so, friends, I invite you this night to take this gift of Christmas like Joseph did and receive this gift of salvation that God has come not just to patch, but to make new in your life. To read, actually read the detailed instructions and discover that God has come to be with us to be with you. We call this lately around here at Faith a Jesus-shaped life. That we don't live alone, that we live together. And we're given this gift to live with God and with each other and then to share it with the world. So in a little while, when we light some candles to shine the light of Christ and sing Silent Night together, remember that this light has dawned and it is In fact, the greatest moment in the history of the earth that God is with us. He's with us. He's, as we'll hear from this table of grace, for you. It says so in the instructions. Amen.